Hello there. We're right in the middle of the championship. We've got huge games coming up in both hurling and football again this weekend. Tonight, Keith Higgins and Shane Dowling will look at the hurling quarterfinals and the Tolchin Cup semi-finals. Barry Kelly chats about the problems with the GEA's disciplinary process. And Liam Kearns looks back at 21 years of the senior football qualifiers, a competition that served as well, but ended last week. That's all on the championship. Now, it's been another tough week for the GEA disciplinary process with three more players getting proposed suspensions overturned. Clare and Galway will be able to call on a number of players who had received suspensions ahead of their All-Ireland hurling quarterfinals this weekend. Peter Duggan and Rory Hayes will both be available for their meeting with Wexford, while Galway can call on Keenan Fahey. They're playing Cork on Saturday. All three have been cleared because of a technicality which is generating a lot of debate. All season long, however, counties have had players cleared of a looming proposed suspension either by a technicality or on appeal. Former All-Ireland Hurling Final referee Barry Kelly joins us now. Barry, what's gone wrong with the system? Um, I think, Damien, there's a couple of things, really. One would be that there's a there's a cultural a culture issue in the, in the GEA where administrators are kind of talking out of both sides of their mouth, really, by, uh, on one hand, they're doing all they can to try and make players available for their county teams, uh, while the same administrators then are also uh, part of a job within the county uh, administering um, suspensions to players for committing pretty much the exact same offences. And it's kind of a cultural thing at this stage that's set in. And I think that culture has been accelerated by the fact that so many appeals um, have been won. I, I, I do think, Damien, as well, everyone's entitled to an appeal over pretty much any decision. But I think uh, it's weighed far too heavily at the moment in favour of the defendant. Um, I don't think the GA envisaged when the DRA and so on was set up that uh, we would have so many maybe legal eagles or you know sharp minds in, in in legal circles getting involved in this, and that's part of the problem as well. Is that uh, they're trying to they're able to find loopholes, technicalities, uh, and it's and it's far too open. It does need to be to re, be revisited. Uh, I think we need to look at other sports. Um, for example, Damien, like you and I know that uh, if Johnny Sexton was sent off in the first test in New Zealand in the next couple of weeks, he will definitely miss the second test and possibly the third one. And there'll be no great, uh, there's no basis for many appeals on that system. And, you know, it does seem, and about naming names, it does seem ridiculous that players who commit, with everyone agree, would be blatant red card offences are allowed to play. It's not a good look for the association. It's not a good fit. We need to look at the rule book. And maybe it's a rule book as such, but we need to look at the, the whole thing about loopholes and technicalities. And uh, I, I do think, Damien, this could be a, this week might be, I hope, a kind of a turning point in that you and I have spoken to many, many people about this in the last 24 hours. And there is no person involved in the GA who thinks this is, this is right or this is fit. Um, players... And the, the worrying thing at the moment is that they're not even having to rely on, say, video evidence. Like a player who gets sent off and gets sent off maybe erroneously is entitled to an appeal. And if the video evidence shows that he didn't commit the offence he was accused of, then, of course, he's entitled to play the following game. But the last few appeals, as far as I know, it hasn't gone down that far. It hasn't got as far as even having to produce video evidence. There was no video evidence produced this week in the in the three cases because it didn't have to go that far. It's not even going as far as the DRA. The DRA have been 
um, underemployed, if you want to use that expression, in the last few months because it only goes, goes as far as hearings. So I think the whole thing is far too heavily weighed in favour of the defendant. Uh, and I do think it needs to be looked at. And it's a challenge now for, for the association and for the, the people in charge to, to get this right because it is not a good look. It's not a good look for, for anyone. And from my point of view, say, as someone with a particular interest in refereeing, you know, John Keenan was uh, criticised at a referees meeting recently over the fact that one of the one in particular of the red card offences wasn't spotted by his team of officials. And yet, within a week, the same player is getting ready to play tomorrow in a quarter final uh, because the GA system uh, let the side down. So that's not going to encourage anyone to have any great faith in, in so, refereeing, in the whole system. Mm. A couple of things on that you then, know, Barry, because John Keenan was yes. widely regarded by the public as, as letting the game flow and an excellent refereeing display, but he has to be accountable then to his assessors and his, his, uh, his peers in the referee administration. A couple of things from that then, Barry. If if we reboot the system, or if the GA reboots the system and goes with a more streamlined approach, how do you keep the, the legal eagles at bay then, that, that cultural shift that's going to demand uh, suspensions be overturned no matter what, Barry? Because, I mean, that mindset needs to change as much as anything. Absolutely, Damien. Like, it, it is, it's mind-boggling in many ways that, that the same people charged with implementing discipline in their own counties uh, are then leading the way when it comes to undermining that system uh, at inter-county level. I think it's actually almost two completely sets of, of rules apply. Yeah. Uh, and I know county managers probably encourage this, uh, although I, I believe that that wasn't necessarily the case in, 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 in one of the Clare players. I believe that anecdotally that, that the manager was unprepared to accept the suspension in one case. You know, at this stage now, a player will nearly appeal something uh, regardless of the fact that he's blatantly in the wrong because he will believe that something can be found. Like, for, as I said, Damien, like, you know, we, we sometimes in the GE are slow to ape or, you know, look at other organisations, but we have followed, say, soccer and rugby in terms of maybe yellow, red cards, black cards, sin binnings and so on. Uh, and these are global organisations. The GE is a national organisation with a lot of people working uh, part-time or volunteers, um, and I think we need to look at maybe the rugby system where, you know, they have a, a, a commissioner or a someone who can cite someone for foul play. Uh, mm. There needs to be real consistency in that too as well. There is a, there is a perception that uh, RTE kind of led the way with these particular... I, I don't think that myself, but there is a perception out there that because the Sunday game highlighted a couple of the Clare lads, that therefore it wasn't coincidence that the same Clare lads then were brought before uh, disciplinary committees. Um, I think there needs to be real consistency in that, in that, right, what is, like, red card offences, if they're missed by a referee, then What's they're the definitely brought forward. Reading now, I, I, Tony McEntee, the Sligo manager, yeah, I read his quotes spoke very morning. well yesterday. Yeah. yeah, he spoke very well about um, the fact that they've had one guy suspended this year and they, they accepted it because Tony McEntee felt that uh, the player himself deserved the card and didn't appeal it. Uh, he certainly feels strongly that you know, it's, not, it's not a good look. And, and then Barry, other, other managers and then other managers insist that if it's there to be challenged, they will go and challenge it. Just a couple of things yeah. then, right? Um, will referees be dissuaded from coming forward, putting their names forward at any level, never mind the lead? And then secondly, 
Okay, the, 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 you mentioned the programme there and the social media clips and highlights. Is that putting even more pressure on the system? And you have to wonder about the administrators as well over the disciplinary system. How do they feel about the whole thing? So there's three issues there, Barry. Shortage of referees, potentially. Social media overdrive. And the actual people running the system then as well. Probably need to keep an eye on all those three areas. Yeah, and Damien, what usually happens in the, in the, in the field of play and in tactics and so on, is that uh, club matches tend to follow the trend set by inter-county matches. So it will only be a matter of time mm. before uh, club teams begin to employ uh, senior counsel and so on to try and get a, a, a decision overturned. For example, if a guy was playing for his club in a, in a county final, uh, almost certainly they're going to try and get every avenue to get him back if the current system doesn't change. But the other thing, Damien, this is why it needs to change urgently at the moment, in the next well, 12 months or so, is because the number of matches are going to increase dramatically with round robins and we've seen it recently with Leinster and Munster round robin it's going to increase even more so next year uh, particularly in the football front and yeah. the G are going to be almost overwhelmed in terms of guys have gone to so many matches at championship level they won't want to miss and I do think that perhaps there does need to be maybe there's a lot of pressure on administrators who by and large are uh, part-time people these people are you know working full-time in jobs and then they're trying to do this work that and anyone involved in GA administration will tell you, even at club level, that the amount of paperwork now has just gone off the scale yeah, in terms yeah. of having to everything, every I dotted and T crossed. And so we need to streamline the whole thing. And I do think that okay. Crow Park need to maybe employ more people, uh, particularly in the refereeing front. It's always been a bugbear of mine that, you know, refereeing, uh, and this is not, it's not about giving referees more money, none of that. It's about basically that we would feel that referees need uh, more support and the administration side needs more support in Crow okay. Park, certainly. Okay. As, regards, as regards processing all of this, but we, need, we, need, we need to streamline it so that you have one appeal. And if there's a loophole in terms of, like this week, apparently, the fact the process was initiated by email meant the whole thing was thrown out. Like, that is just, like, yeah. it's nonsense. In this that day and be, age, yeah. Okay, Barry. Age, the process should be able to restart again and bring the players and justice is seen in a proper sense this okay. is not justice in any sense Barry we'll chat to you soon again because this is a burning yeah, issue well, thanks, it won't go away thanks so much for your time no thanks Damien okay Cheers. Barry Kelly there four time All-Ireland Hurling final referee and plenty of food for thought it's another busy weekend coming up in both codes and hopefully it'll be quiet on the disciplinary front the Talchin Cup big big day on Sunday hits the semi-final stages meanwhile the All-Ireland Hurling quarterfinals take place at, at Turles tomorrow joining us now to chat our regular teammates here on the championship Shane Dowling and Keith Higgins. Uh, gents, you're very welcome along. Cheers, Demo. Thanks, Demo. Nice, nice handy week for you, Shane. <laughs> a handy week, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. It was, a, it was a mad week, but you listen, that, that comes with the territory, unfortunately. You just have to soak it up and get on with it. All right, go straight into the football, Keith, if you don't mind. We'll take a game each in each code and switch over and back. Talchin Cup, Keith. Uh, GEA put a fair effort into promoting it this year. That was our concern at their start, but looked to have done a lot of work. Big, huge game at four o'clock, first of all. Westmeath and Offaly. That's a local derby. There's plenty to play for. And both managers talking to them yesterday, Keith, they're going hammer and tongs at this. Yeah, um, and I think in fairness to, I think John Mahon, even he set out his stall early in the year, or well, early in the championship, sorry, when before the Tajik Cup started, that he was going to put a big effort into it. And Offaly were going to put a bit, big effort into it. And I suppose you could see that in there, their couple of results, you know, a good win against Wicklow. And then, I suppose, a, a routine one against New York then last weekend, which was probably a bit unfair in New York because I suppose it's been so long since they've had a game trying to get lads over to Ireland but 
look, it's good to see the, the managers and the players taking interest in it. If they do that, it'll mean it's easier for Crow Park, I suppose, to, to push it and to promote it. But look, it's going to be an interesting game, like I said, a local derby. Um, you know, looking at last weekend's results, I think Offaly kind of had a very soft against New York. Yeah. Westmead had a tougher one against Carlow. You'd imagine that might that should stand to them. Um, you know, it's again, it is very difficult to call on this one. But I'd be just have a sneaking suspicion for Westmead, even though I suppose with Jama, I'm being a Mayo man, you'd like to see them get through. But yeah. just have a sneaking suspicion for Westmead on that one. Okay, he had stronger form lines there potentially as well, and we wish Niall Darby yeah. the very best to look uh, in what we fear could be a, a cruciate ligament injury. So best to look, Niall, in your recovery. Uh, Shane, no such uh, kind of carrot needed for the All Ireland Senior Hurling Quarterfinals in, in FPD Simple Stadium tomorrow. Just take the first game first, then. Galway versus Cork, and really anything could happen with these two teams. Depends on what sort of teams show up tomorrow. Well, no, you said it. I think anyone, <clears throat> anyone that can call these games with confidence, they might take my head after them because their both games are going to be very, very close and hard to call. Galway Cork, I suppose. Who would I rather be coming into the game? I'd probably rather be Cork. Why? Because they had a very, very poor start to the year, and we all thought they'd be under summer holidays at this point in time, but they turned it around and they're not. They'll be in Simple Stadium, and, and rightly so too. Uh, and you know they've good momentum coming in with them they got a good test in Antrim last weekend I didn't think it'd be any different and pulled away for a finish Galway on the other hand you know had a good good Leinster campaign but were fierce disappointed in the Leinster final and I think it's going to go two ways for them on, on tomorrow Damien they'll either come out with a serious reaction and showcase that that wasn't a true reflection of the group that's there and absolutely kill all around them if you want to call it and really go after Cork for the minute the ball is thrown in or else they're just going to show go out, do what they did in the Leinster final and possibly limb out of the championship I would be disappointed and shocked if that was the case obviously with the Banish door that's in charge and that Galway group of players are a good group of players as well I expect to see a huge reaction from them so if we see a fully a fully playing potential Cork and a fully playing potential Galway who do I see winning uh, probably Cork being honest at the minute uh, I just think that you know they can they can do a lot of good things on the pitch when they play well and you know I do think that Kieran Kingsford we all know that he's changed around his team from the start of the year did he think that the team is taking to the, the team that is taking to the field on Saturday did he think that that's the team that he was ever going to put out at the start of the year I, I highly doubt it but he's changed now it seems to be working uh, and if they can get their running game in order with the work rate and the intensity and tackling that they've brought into their game in the last couple couple of games then I think they might just sneak it yeah interesting and on that chain Keith just to switch back then to the second Talchon Cup game I was chatting to Tony McEntee the Sligo football manager yesterday he decided after they, were, after they lost in the championship in Connacht that himself and his management were going to go hammer and tongs at the Talchon Cup and then he said well hang on are the players going to join us in this so they call a meeting for the next week the players decided they're going hammer and tongs at it too they're now in the semi-final against Cavan and in fairness to a team like Sligo uh, Keith this is really a good tier for them to step up in, isn't it? It's a chance for them to get to Crow Park, a chance that they've not been there for quite a while. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, I remember talking to Tony McEntee last summer um, and we were just talking about the Sligo panel and he said, you know, it is a very young panel, it's an inexperienced panel. So you'd imagine getting a run of games like this in the Talchian Cup would bring them on an awful lot. Now, look, the flip side of it is, regardless of whether they win or lose this weekend, you know, they could be away from each other again until next October, November, which is difficult for a management team trying to develop a young panel of players. But look, yeah. you, you look at their last couple of games, Leeds from London, competitive games, putting up big scores, winning them on penalties, um, winning tight games. You know That kind of stuff can only help a team. It can only kind of grow the confidence in the team and build that bit of a bond that you need. So, look, 
they're bound to be happy with the way things have gone so far. You'd imagine they'd probably be up against it this weekend against Cavan. Look, like that's a it's a well experienced yeah. Cavan team. They've been down the hard road before in a number of campaigns. I mean, you just look at some of the players that they have there, like Galligan, McKeon, and Faulkner. These guys, you know, they'll be very hard to break down this weekend. Um, like Sligo have been putting up good scores at one end, but they've been conceding big scores at the other end, which is the one fear you'd have. But okay. look, I think that's kind of once you have a management team that are going to buy into it, and once you have a group of players who are buying into the competition, like I said, you know, it, it can only be a good thing. It can only be a positive. And like I said, you just hope, you know, if you get a good game out of this semi final this weekend, you know, it could bode both teams well for next year and especially the t- a team like Sligo. Okay, and Keith, put on your green and uh, red hat against me there for a second. Uh, last weekend's result against Kildare, you're getting buying games. Uh, is that a, a dangerous sign that maybe you're not a full tilt yet? Or could it be that game by game they're slowly finding their pitch in Mayo? I don't know. You'd have slight concerns, to be honest with you, Damien. I think, you know, you look back on the Kildare game, I think after about 45, 46 minutes, they did only five points on the board. Like that's obviously has to be a concern. Yeah, they kind of pulled it out of the bag in the last 15 or 20 minutes, but I suppose the one fear you'd have is that, a, you know, maybe if you look back, maybe 2017 when we had a big run through the qualifier, 2016, you know, we weren't playing well, but we were grinding out the games. But I think back then you kind of had a more, nearly a more experienced team all around, if that makes sense, where yeah. there is still a lot of young guys on this Mayo team. It's a, it's a new team. You can't say anything else, but Kerry's going to be a huge challenge for them. I mean, a performance like they've given in most games this year isn't going to be good enough. But at okay. the same time, again, with that green and red hat on, you could never rule them out, <laughs> no, I suppose. No. Um, look, you know, all the common sense says it's going to be a win for Kerry, and you'd imagine maybe by five or six points. But you just at the same know. time, there's bound to be a bit of a kicker. There's bound to be a big performance, you'd hope, in that Mayo okay. team. OK, Keith, uh, Shane, you can take us home then. The big one, Clear versus Wexford, FBD, Simple Stadium, 3.45 tomorrow. How is this game going to fare out? And have Wexford shown you enough in the Leinster, or against Kilkenny that they can really go toe-to-toe with the Clare team tomorrow? And can Clare recover in 13 days, Shane? Yeah, so I suppose on Wexford Day, I mean, like, um, do, we, do any of us actually know where Wexford really are? Because, like, since the league fi- since the league semi-final against Waterford, where they were annihilated, through the Leinster campaign, bar the big win against Kilkenny, they've been very poor, right? Yeah. So, like, they had a huge win against Kilkenny, they raised the big gallop and they took them on and went toe-to-toe with them and they absolutely beat them and won the game, and rightly so, which which got them into the which got them into the Allardyne stages. You couldn't judge them in last weekend's game against Kerry. So, I don't actually know if anyone knows where the Wexford team is at. Yeah. Uh, but what I do know is that when you have a Rory O'Connor... Lee Chin, Conor McDonald inside, they can cause any team to country danger. So I just, I, I, I struggle to know where, where they are. Since they've gone back to the sweeper that they had with Davy, they seem to have been, you know, they play, played a, um, a lot better against Kilkenny. So will they bring that into the weekend? I suspect they will. I think they'll man mark Tony Kelly and and and, um, and have a sweeper there with that. So can they take on Clare? Absolutely they can. I think they have the potential to do it. But I just struggle to know exactly where they're mm. at. The way I look at it, Damien, right, is that if we were to say here that I think that if we we saw afterwards that Wexford were beaten by seven or eight, nine points. You'd say, ah, well, they did a poor enough, you know, they did a poor enough championship in total. Or if they were to be clear, then you'd say, well, they actually beat the, the, the Leinster champions. Sorry. So, you know, it'd be no surprise either way. 
uh, with Clare listen I think it's actually very straightforward here if Clare bring what they brought to the Munster final they win uh, I don't think Wexford can meet, can meet them heights I don't think there's very few teams in the country that, that can meet them heights uh, so if Clare can envisage uh, the Wexford team in Limerick jerseys uh, and go after them like they did again, have, have gone after Limerick in the last three games then I think they'll win so the big question mark here is as you just said can they recover within 13 days I think they should be able to uh, and obviously okay. the, the drama that's gone on over the last you know 10 days whatever it's been can can they block out all that outside noise so we must give credit to Brian Lowe and he's done a fantastic job they're a clear a very good side uh, and if Brian can just gather the troops I think they'll be a very dangerous team once they get to Crow Park okay. but they have a big big game to win first the weekend OK lads thanks so much Shane Dowling and Keith Higgins talk to you next weekend now it's 21 years since the senior football qualifiers were established and last weekend the last ever game of this competition was held at Clonus. Kieran McGeady, helped by Kieran Donaghy and Kieran McKeever, have masterminded and brought Armagh back to the All Ireland quarterfinals for the first time since 2017. Really entertaining game. Armagh 317, Donegal 16 points. That was the 453rd game of the qualifier series since it started way back in 2021, according to my pal, uh, my pal and colleague Pat Nolan from the Irish Mirror. Now, in that time, Fermanagh, Sligo, Westmeath, Clare, Limerick, Tipperary and Wexford all made the All-Ireland quarter or semi-finals. Liam Kearns, former Tip Limerick and Leash manager, had great success in this format. He joins us now. Time goes quick, Liam. It flies, yeah, Damien. I, I, I'm actually surprised that that it, uh, it's such a, a long time, 25 years. I, I'm, I'm actually shocked. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's had its ups and downs. There's no doubt about that. And maybe at times it got a little bit stale. But what a format, though, in fairness. And what what are your best memories of it, Liam? You've had some great, great days. And you've had some tough days as well, but you've had some great days with the series. Yeah, um, well, my, my, my memories of the first, we were crying out for it um, back, back, back when it was introduced um we were we, you know you were training intercounty teams and they were working so hard for one match and and invariably then it was all over um and you know it was it, it you know, there was an awful lot of players uh, outside of the bigger counties um who were questioning whether it was worth the the time and effort and commitment that was being put in so yeah it was it was badly needed when um when when it was actually introduced um, uh, the, it didn't serve my team. I was at Limerick when it was first introduced, mm. and it didn't serve my team very well because um, we were put out. Uh, we got we were getting to, to, to Munster finals at that stage, and we were put out uh, every time we were knocked out. We were put out a week later um, in a in a in a qualifier, and we used to call Hyde Park our our burial ground because uh, three years in a row we were beaten in Hyde Park by Derry, by um, Mayo, and. Um, and uh, Armagh, and um, so, and they were all a week after the after the losing to Kerry. Um, so um, yeah, we, we we weren't very happy with that. And but before I finished with Limerick, they changed it then, and we, we it was two weeks. Provincial losers were given two weeks before they played their 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 qualifier game. And um, yeah, we I think we 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 were happy with that. And our final year, we got a we got to play two weeks later. 
But uh, yeah, you said I had a lot of say, but I, it worked out very well for me with Tipperary, but not so well with Limerick. But, um, <laughs> but, but it was, but it was, um, yeah, it, it was badly needed at the time, and it was very, it made a huge difference. I know the players really appreciate getting the extra games, and uh, yeah, it was very effective, um, and 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 achieved what it set out to achieve. Really, that, that run with Tipperary in two thousand and eighteen, I always feel like they've Robbie Kiley, the black card, you know, Colin Reardon's in Australia. You know, you could actually feasibly have looked at winning that game the way Tip played that day Liam uh, but that qualifier run uh, allowed Tip a chance to breed uh, maybe a, a fine young team that maybe might have been suffocated in the old format for sure Yeah well again um, we, we we were beaten in the Munster final by Kerry but we yeah. had uh, I think it was three weeks to the to the game against Derry, and uh, I I knew that uh, the and players had recovered and that we had we, that we were ready for that and that we'd been given enough time to be ready. And I, I said we had no excuses if we didn't go up and and beat Derry. Um, uh, it turned out to be a, fa- a fantastic game uh, against Derry above yeah, in, classic, in Cavan, yeah. but um, and 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 we got we we were the better team, but we we actually struggled to get over the line. We ended up going to extra time and we won it in extra time, but mm. we probably shouldn't have gone to extra time at all. But um, yeah, and that gave us the. Belief then to go on and, and play in Crow Park against Galway where again we produced one of our better performances um, to, to, to win that game also and uh, the Mayo game yeah again it ended in the semi-final but really and truly we we, we were the better team in the first uh, 20 minutes yeah. and then they hit us for with a barrage of scores and and um, then we, we, we got things right again and we got within two points of them in the second half um, when they got a, a rather fortunate goal and uh, it wasn't to be our day from there we were only beating a few points and, mm. and Mayo went on and gave a great account against Dublin but yeah it was a fantastic run for, for the young as you say a young emerging Tipperary team yeah. and we've seen lots of we've seen a good few teams come through like the Tyrone uh, using the qualifiers to, to win all Ireland's but just a final question for you Liam in terms of where we're at now in terms of the Talchin Cup uh, what do you make of that competition and then finally would you see your native Kerry lifting Sam this year how do you see this year faring out in both tiers um, the Talchin Cup again uh, you know teams seem to have embraced it um, there's a holiday at the end of it for a group there's all stars um, they seem to be promoting it uh, reasonably well um, I think uh, this is only an introductory year and I think it, it will have to be uh, I would say in four or five years time we'll be able to say is the Talchin Cup a success or okay. not but um, I think it's made a decent start for the first year and uh, you know um, the fact that they're, they're all playing in Crow Park now is another bonus for, the, for teams um, you know, in the next two weeks, and I, I was just reading Jack Cooney was very happy yeah. with uh, the Tartan Cup and so on. So, um, yeah, I, I would hope it'll be a success, but I, I'd hold fire on that uh, for another couple of years until we see let it bed in. Um, as for Kerry, yeah. I look, I'm very hopeful as a Kerry man that they will win the All-Ireland this year. They need to win the All-Ireland this year. Uh, I would be worried that they haven't been tested so far and they've got a tough quarterfinal now coming against Mayo, which I think they need. Yeah. Um, if they get over that, they then they then, they then would be facing Dublin and that would be the litmus test as always. So, um, yeah, I'm hopeful that, that they're going in the right direction and they seem to be very settled and, and playing very well and okay. to a good system and they've addressed some of their issues. So I, I'm hope I'm hoping that they will. Uh, do, you, do you, Mrs. Lean, will we see you back in an inter-county sideline anytime soon? Um, yeah, well, look, uh, it depends. Um, I'm, I'm, um, I, I would be, I would be quite happy to get back involved if the right offer comes. But um, you know, that's that's something we'll have to wait and see. Okay, look forward to that, Liam. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Liam Kearns. Lovely, no problem, David. Thanks. Okay, that's it for this week's show, folks. The programme was produced by Damien O'Mara. Sheila Neville was on sound for myself, Damien Lawler. Stay safe. We'll chat again next weekend.